Craig Keener focuses on the final section of the Apostle Paul's letter, spanning verses 611-18. This portion marks the conclusion of a letter that is both deeply personal and theologically rich. Keener begins by observing the absence of personal greetings to individuals in the Galatian congregations, a notable departure from Paul's usual practice, as seen in his other epistles such as Romans, Corinthians, and Philippians. This lack of personal acknowledgments could be indicative of strained relationships between Paul and certain members of the Galatian churches, possibly due to the influence of Paul's adversaries within these communities. Alternatively, this could simply reflect a variation in Paul's writing style, as similar brevity is observed in his other letters, like 1 and 2 Thessalonians. Keener then shifts to discuss the rhetorical elements present in this closing section. He emphasizes that Paul revisits several key themes from earlier in the letter, a common practice in ancient rhetorical traditions. These themes include the issue of circumcision, the centrality of the cross, the experiences of persecution, and the nature of Paul's relationship with the Galatians. This revisiting serves to reinforce the letter's main messages and potentially functions as a summary although there is scholarly debate about this. Most importantly, Keener accentuates how Paul starkly contrasts his own character and motivations with those of his rivals. Paul's opponents are depicted as being concerned with outward appearances and avoiding persecution associated with the cross of Christ. They advocate for circumcision and law observance, practices they themselves struggle to fully uphold. In stark contrast, Paul's boasts are centered solely on the cross of Jesus Christ, and the new creation it brings. This dichotomy is further illustrated by Paul's reference to bearing on his body the marks of Jesus, likely alluding to scars from past persecutions, symbolizing his deep commitment to the gospel. Keener's interpretation of Galatians 6 thus sheds light on Paul's rhetorical strategy, affirming his steadfast adherence to the core Christian message and his distinction from his opponents, asserting the letter's concluding messages of faith, perseverance, and authenticity. Also, Keener delves into the Apostle Paul's unusual mention of writing in large letters, a phrase that has intrigued biblical scholars and historians. Keener critically examines this phrase within the broader context of Paul's epistles and the practices of the era. Paul's use of large script in this passage has been subject to various interpretations over time. Keener notes that in ancient letter writing, a distinction was made between a letter, epistole, and alphabetic characters, gramma. Paul's reference to large script, gramma, likely points to the physical size of the letters rather than the length of the letter itself. This is a significant distinction as it refutes the argument that Paul is referring to the entire letter to the Galatians as a large letter. Moreover, Keener sheds light on the common practice among literate elites of using a secretary, amanuensis, for writing. Paul's shift from using a secretary to writing in his own hand in this letter serves multiple purposes. It not only authenticates the letter, but also highlights the importance and personal commitment to its message. This personal touch could be a strategic move to indicate his education and literacy, possibly contrasting him with his rivals. Keener explores several theories about why Paul used large script. Some scholars suggest health-related reasons, such as poor eyesight or damaged hands, though Keener finds these arguments less compelling due to lack of explicit evidence. Other interpretations include using large letters as an instructional tool or for emphasis. A more plausible explanation could be Paul's lack of practice in writing, leading to the use of large block letters, different from those of a professional scribe. 
In sum, Keener contends that Paul's use of large letters signifies a deliberate effort to connect personally with the Galatians, ensuring the authenticity and maintaining the significance of his message. This personal engagement, irrespective of the specific reason for the large script, is a key element in understanding this passage in Galatians. Furthermore, Keener offers a deep dive into the socio-religious tensions within the early Christian community. In this verse, Paul criticizes certain individuals for pushing Gentile believers towards circumcision, not out of genuine faith, but as a means to avoid persecution associated with the cross of Christ. Keener reiterates that this advocacy was less about religious obedience and more about self-preservation and boasting. Delving into the cultural perceptions of circumcision, Keener contrasts the negative Greek view of circumcision as mutilation with its significance in Jewish culture as a mark of religious commitment. This difference in perspective underpins the conflict in the early Christian community, where Jewish norms were being imposed on Gentile converts. Keener repeats that in Jewish diaspora communities, forcing circumcision on Gentiles was generally viewed negatively, indicating a complex interplay of cultural and religious identities. In addition, Keener explores Paul's own approach to suffering and persecution. Paul sees his persecution for preaching the cross as a testament to his apostolic authenticity. This is contrasted with his opponents, who dilute the message of the cross to avoid persecution. The source of this persecution, Keener suggests, could be from within Jewish communities or due to pressures from Judean nationalism. Further, Keener discusses the Roman practice of crucifixion, framing it as a punishment reserved for the lowest in society and often associated with political dissent. He underlines that the crucifixion of Jesus, viewed as a historical event, was unlikely to be a Christian invention given its connotations of shame and political rebellion. Overall, Keener's interpretation of Galatians 6.12 illuminates the early Christian struggles to balance adherence to Jewish law with the transformative message of the cross, set against a backdrop of diverse and sometimes conflicting social and cultural pressures. Besides, Keener dives into the Apostle Paul's criticism of certain individuals who, despite being circumcised, do not truly adhere to the law. Keener suggests that Paul's critique is not a blanket statement about all Jews, but is specifically directed at his opponents. This distinction is crucial for understanding Paul's argument within this passage and its broader theological context. Paul, known for his strict adherence to Jewish law before his conversion to Christianity, sets high standards for law observance. He perceives his rivals as failing to meet these standards, particularly in areas like circumcision, observance of religious calendars, and dietary laws. Keener debates that it would have been challenging for Jews, including Paul's rivals, to fully observe Torah regulations while living outside of Israel in the diaspora. Additionally, Keener explores how Paul could underscore that his rivals did not observe the law. He emphasizes that such accusations were common in intra-Jewish debates. For Paul, the law pointed to Christ and faith, and in this light, his rivals were seen as falling short. Their focus was on outward shows of piety, such as circumcision, rather than on a deeper spiritual commitment to the teachings of Christ. The concept of boasting is central to Paul's argument. Paul frequently uses the term to critique those who take pride in superficial observances of the law rather than in Christ or personal weaknesses. Keener accentuates that for Paul, true boasting should be in Christ or in one's weaknesses, as it shows reliance on God's strength rather than human achievements. 
In this context, the rival's desire to boast in physical markers of piety, like the Galatians' circumcision, is seen as a grotesque misdirection. They focus on outward signs of religiosity, rather than the spiritual essence of faith in Christ. Keener's analysis presents this passage as Paul's critique of a surface-level religious observance that neglects the deeper spiritual alignment with Christ's teachings. Also, Keener offers a deep insight into Paul's theological perspective, contrasting it starkly with that of his contemporaries. In this verse, Paul states, But may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom the world was crucified to me, and I to the world. Keener interprets this as Paul's rejection of boasting in anything worldly or fleshly, such as the physical act of circumcision, a point of pride for his rivals. Instead, Paul's sole source of boasting is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Keener explains that in the context of Paul's writings, the term world often refers to a system or realm that stands in opposition to God's values. This includes not just the physical world, but also the sinful aspects of humanity and its corrupt values. For Paul, the crucifixion represents a definitive break from these worldly values, symbolizing a death to sin and a rebirth into a new way of life defined by spiritual values. This idea of a new creation is pivotal in Paul's theology. Keener affirms that for Paul, identifying with Christ's crucifixion is not merely a symbolic act, but a transformative experience with ongoing effects. It involves embracing shame and humility, a significant sacrifice in a culture where honor was highly valued. By aligning himself with Christ's crucifixion, Paul shows a complete disregard for worldly honor and accolades, focusing instead on spiritual truths and values. Moreover, Keener asserts that in this new creation, physical markers like circumcision become irrelevant. What matters is the spiritual transformation brought about by Christ's crucifixion. This shift in focus from the physical to the spiritual reflects a broader theme in Paul's letters, where the believer's identity is redefined not by worldly standards, but by their relationship with Christ. Overall, Keener portrays Paul's message in Galatians 6.14 as a radical reorientation from the values of the world to a Christ-centered worldview. In Paul's view, the crucifixion signifies a complete transformation of values, where spiritual truths and the reality of the new creation in Christ supersede all worldly accolades and achievements. Furthermore, Keener digs into the complex interplay of Jewish traditions, Pauline theology, and the notion of a new creation in early Christian thought. In this passage, Paul highlights that physical religious rites, such as circumcision, are inconsequential compared to the transformative power of becoming a new creation in Christ. Keener contextualizes this statement within both Jewish and early Christian thought. Traditionally, Jewish teachings envisioned a new creation as a future event, a new world order as prophesied in Isaiah. This concept was also linked to personal transformation, often associated with forgiveness of sins or conversion, symbolizing a rebirth or renewal of the individual. In Paul's theology, as Keener interprets, this idea of a new creation takes on a broader scope. It's not merely about personal transformation. It's a cosmic renewal that has begun with the advent of Christ, but is yet to be fully realized. This notion is central to Paul's message in Galatians, where he indicates the insignificance of physical markers or rituals in defining one's relationship with God. For Paul, the true marker of faith and belonging is participation in this new creation, a profound transformation that aligns individuals with the life and resurrection of Jesus Christ.
Keener suggests that Paul's view on circumcision, or its absence, reflects his broader theological stance that what truly counts is not external observances, but the internal spiritual renewal symbolized by the new creation. This perspective is consistent across Paul's writings, where he repeatedly prioritizes spiritual realities over physical forms. In summary, Keener's interpretation of Galatians 6.15 maintains Paul's radical assertion that traditional religious practices are secondary to the transformative power of faith in Christ. This transformation is both personal and cosmic, signaling a shift from adherence to physical rituals to a deeper spiritual participation in the new creation brought about by Christ. In addition, Keener offers a nuanced interpretation that examines the historical, linguistic, and theological layers of the text. Keener starts by interpreting the phrase, all who will follow in the steps of this just-mentioned standard, which in his view refers to those who embrace the new creation that transcends traditional Jewish markers of identity, such as circumcision. Central to Keener's interpretation is the Greek verb stoikeo, meaning to follow in the steps of. He connects this to Paul's larger discourse about living by the Spirit's guidance rather than by the Jewish law. This interpretation suggests a shift from the conventional Jewish understanding of the Torah to a new standard, the law of Christ, which prioritizes spiritual transformation and love. Keener discusses the term canon, translated as standard. In other Pauline contexts, it relates to ministry boundaries, but here Keener suggests it refers to the path forged by the Spirit, distinct from traditional Jewish law. The closing benediction of Galatians, which seeks God's peace and mercy for those adhering to this new path, is also significant. Keener notes its alignment with Jewish blessing traditions, indicating Paul's intent to connect with Jewish customs. Keener's critical inquiry is into the identity of God's Israel in this passage. He considers various interpretations, ethnic Israel, Jewish Christians, eschatological Jewish converts, or the inclusive Christian church. He leans towards the church as the intended reference, encompassing both Jews and Gentiles. This view aligns with the concept of the new creation, transcending ethnic and religious divides. Importantly, Keener warns against the historical misinterpretation that the church has replaced Israel. Instead, he disputes that Paul envisions a more inclusive community where Gentiles join God's covenant people without displacing ethnic Israel. This interpretation points out the broader context of Paul's theology, recognizing the ongoing role of Israel in God's salvific plan. In sum, Keener's interpretation of Galatians 6.16 reiterates the inclusive nature of the new creation in Christ, challenging interpretations that have historically marginalized ethnic Israel in Christian theology. Further, Keener offers a profound examination of the Apostle Paul's statement about bearing on his body the marks of Jesus. This passage is a declaration by Paul, signifying the physical and spiritual consequences of his dedication to preaching the gospel. Keener explores the cultural and historical context of the term stigma, typically associated with tattoos or brands in ancient times. While these marks were often signs of slavery, criminality, or religious devotion in different cultures, in Paul's case, they symbolically represent his scars from the persecutions he endured for his Christian faith. These scars are not merely physical blemishes, but are imbued with deep spiritual significance, reflecting Paul's unwavering commitment to Christ. In ancient Greek and Roman societies, tattoos or brands were commonly used to mark slaves and criminals, 
serving as symbols of shame and subjugation. However, in other regions like Egypt and Syria, tattoos had religious connotations, often signifying devotion to a deity. Keener suggests that Paul's reference to his scars echoes these practices, but with a critical distinction. Paul's scars symbolize his voluntary suffering for Christ, rather than shame or subjugation. Besides, Keener explores the potential meanings behind Paul's use of the term stigmata, the plural of stigma. This term might evoke the image of Christ's crucifixion wounds, further reinforcing the connection between Paul's sufferings and those of Christ. Paul's scars, therefore, are not just reminders of the physical trials he faced, but also represent his spiritual solidarity with Christ's own suffering. Additionally, Keener repeats the persuasive power of Paul's statement. In the ancient world, displaying wounds could evoke sympathy or admiration, serving as evidence of one's valor or loyalty. In this light, Paul's scars can be seen as badges of honor, demonstrating his fidelity to his mission and beliefs. In summary, Keener's analysis of Galatians 6.17 portrays Paul's scars as multifaceted symbols. They are physical manifestations of his hardships, marks of his spiritual journey, and testimonies to his deep connection with Christ's suffering. This passage reflects the dual nature of Paul's experience, the tangible reality of his sufferings and the profound spiritual meaning they hold in his journey as an apostle. Last but not least, Keener offers a detailed examination of the final verse in Paul's letter to the Galatians. This verse serves as a benediction, where Paul extends the wish for the abundant generosity or grace of Jesus Christ to be with the spirits of the Galatian believers. Keener underlines that such a conclusion is typical in Paul's epistles, drawing parallels with similar endings in 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Philippians, and Philemon. Keener's analysis particularly focuses on the Greek grammar used in the verse. Despite addressing a collective group, the term spirit is presented in the singular form, umon. This usage is not indicative of annoyance, but is a standard grammatical structure in Paul's writings. It reflects a collective address to the community, acknowledging each individual's spirit within the group. This subtlety underscores Paul's personal and collective address to the Galatians. The term abundant generosity, translated as grace, is central to Keener's interpretation. This choice of words is seen as particularly fitting for the conclusion of Galatians, a letter deeply entrenched in discussions of law, faith, and grace. Paul's emphasis on grace here ties together the key themes of the letter, accentuating the unmerited favor that is a cornerstone of his theological message. Also, Keener discusses Paul's affectionate use of brothers and sisters, Adelphois, a term he consistently uses throughout the letter. Despite its corrective and sometimes harsh tone, the letter maintains a sense of familial closeness, indicating Paul's enduring care and connection with the Galatian community. Finally, Keener notes the closing word, Amen, a term frequently used to conclude Jewish writings in several New Testament letters. This usage in the context of a blessing, as seen in Galatians, aligns with Jewish and early Christian traditions. It signifies affirmation and solemnity, effectively encapsulating the letter's intent and imparting a final, solemn blessing to the readers. This conclusion, as Keener suggests, aligns with Paul's overarching message and stylistic tendencies, providing a fitting and theologically rich end to the epistle. In conclusion, Keener's examination of the concluding section of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians, 611-18, offers a deep dive into the Apostle's theological nuances and rhetorical strategies. Keener notes the absence of personal greetings, 
which is unusual for Paul and could indicate either strained relationships with the Galatian churches, possibly due to the influence of his adversaries, or simply a variation in his writing style. Also, Keener affirms Paul's rhetorical techniques in this final section, where Paul revisits key themes such as circumcision, the cross's centrality, persecution experiences, and his relationship with the Galatians. This repetition reinforces the letter's core messages, drawing a stark contrast between Paul and his rivals. Unlike his opponents, who focus on outward appearances and avoiding persecution, Paul's pride lies solely in the cross of Jesus Christ and the new creation it represents. Moreover, in discussing Paul's mention of writing in large letters, Keener suggests this could be a strategy for authentication or emphasis, rather than a reflection of physical limitations. This aspect asserts Paul's personal engagement with his message. Furthermore, the analysis explores the socio-religious tensions of the time, particularly Paul's criticism of those advocating circumcision to escape persecution. This highlights the conflicts within the early Christian community, where Paul views his own persecution as a testament to his authenticity as an apostle. In addition, Keener critiques Paul's opponents for their superficial adherence to the law, contrasting it with Paul's belief that true boasting should be in Christ or in personal weaknesses, indicating reliance on God's strength. Further, Keener interprets Paul's theological perspective as a radical shift from worldly values to a Christ-centric view, where the crucifixion represents a departure from sin and worldly values, indicating spiritual truths. Besides, Keener discusses the concept of the new creation in Christ, suggesting that Paul views physical rights like circumcision as secondary to the spiritual transformation in Christ. This represents a shift from physical rituals to spiritual renewal. In summary, Keener's interpretation of Galatians 6, 11, 18 portrays Paul's emphasis on faith, perseverance, and authenticity, set against the complexities of the early Christian era's sociocultural and religious landscape.